Hello, this is a Juvenalia minisode. Um, in this one, me and Ellen Tannum of Heard I.E. are going to do a dramatic reading of Beach Party by R.L. Stein. Just going to read the first chapter or as much as we can possibly do. Yeah. Because the performances like this takes a lot out of person. It's There's a lot of emotional weight in chapter one of Beach Party by R.L. Stein. So, so we're going to... Let's go through it. We're reading this for the first time as well together. This is, this is an unseen reading. Good year for beach parties. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Okay, okay. Alan Tan, take it away. Chapter one. Um, Karen Mandel drove the way she did everything else in life. Foot down, hard on the gas, full speed ahead, never look behind. The grey morning haze was lifting, and a hot white sun came burning through as Karen squealed around the curve, roared past a line of slow-moving cars and vans, and slipped her navy blue Mustang convertible into a narrow space in Lot C at LAX. Before climbing out of the car, she stopped to examine herself in the rearview mirror and to straighten the blue sleeveless t-shirt she wore over white tennis shorts. I look okay, she thought. Not as pretty as Anne-Marie, but okay. Karen's oval face was framed by straight black hair that rested comfortably on her shoulders. She had dark skin that always looked tan and shocking blue eyes, shocking because they were so wide, so blue and so unexpected. They were the eyes that belonged on a fair-skinned blonde. On Karen's dark face beneath her black eyebrows, they looked so dramatic, so mysterious, it was impossible not to stare into them. She smoothed her hair, jumped out of the car, searching for some way to remember this parking spot, and hurried to to meet Anne-Marie. Good timing, Karen cried. (laughs) Anne-Marie was just coming out of the gate as Karen arrived. Dressed in hip-hugging designer jeans and a heavy brown sweater, she was carrying a large red canvas bag and a tennis racket. She dropped everything when she saw Karen, and the two friends rushed forward with beaming smiles to hug each other. Putting on a little weight, aren't you? Karen said, stepping back. It was a running joke. Anne-Marie was as thin as ever. This book is toxic. (laughs) She looks like a fashion model with her slight figure, her straight blonde hair could fashionably short, her emerald eyes, her high cheekbones and pale creamy skin. Don't mention weight. Anne-Marie groaned, picking up her bag, which appeared to weigh as much as she did. They served the worst meal on the plane. What was it? I'm not sure. It was bright yellow, burning hot on the outside and frozen solid on the inside. Must have been lasagna, Karen said. How did it taste? Anne-Marie rolled her eyes. Fabulous. I had to have seconds. They followed the signs to the baggage pickup. I can't believe I'm here, Karen. They walked past the large window. Oh, look, the sky is yellow from all the pollution. I guess I can believe I'm here. Karen looked at her watch. You've been here 15 seconds and you've already put down LA. That's a record for me. Anne-Marie said, shifting the red bag to her other hand and dropping the tennis racket. I must be slowing down. Karen laughed. I'm just so glad to see you. She flung an arm around Anne-Marie, forgetting the weight of the canvas bag and nearly knocked her over. Oops. Hey, Dash. What have you got in there, Dash? Presents for me, I hope? Nope, I brought Sandy. She shook the bag and called into it. Hold still in there, Sandy. Then she looked back at Karen. He insisted on coming. He's madly in love with you, you know. How is your little brother? Karen asked, laughing. Compared to what? Anne-Marie joked. Compared to Freddy Krueger, he's okay, I guess. He's at that sarcastic age, you know. Everything you say to him, he's got a sarcastic remark. Oh, he'll grow out of it. Karen assured her. He will? I never did. They went down an escalator and followed the signs down another endless corridor. Suddenly Anne-Marie stopped. Karen, what's that around your neck? This? Karen's hand went up to the crystal she wore on a chain. 
Oh no, I knew it. Anne-Marie wailed. Get me back on the plane. I can't stand it out here. That's a crystal, right? You do weird things with crystals, right? You think they have magic powers and you talk to them and... Stop. Come on, stop. Karen protested. I just wear it because it's pretty. Karen said, not meaning to sound quite so defensive. For sure. Anne-Marie said. Like, gag me with a spoon? Anne-Marie, nobody says that anymore. (laughs) I don't, Anne-Marie. Not even (laughs) Valley Girls. Karen said, making a face. Actually, Mike gave me this crystal before I broke up with him. I know, I know. The astrology counselor at school told you to break up with Mike, right? Hey, you really haven't outgrown your sarcastic phase. Karen said. Breaking up with Mike was really a bummer, you know. Anne-Marie apologised quickly, her cheeks colouring. Sorry, it always takes me a while to lose my New York edge. (laughs) Really, I'm sorry. I, I just feel like such an alien out here, like I'm from Mars or something. No problem. Karen gave her a warm smile. I think you'll feel right at home in a little while. Wait till you see where we're staying. They stopped in front of the baggage conveyor belt. Anne-Marie dropped her bag to the floor and placed the tennis racket on top of it. Two small yellow cases were going around and around, looking very lonesome on the long winding belt. You mean we're not staying at your house? Anne-Marie asked. In Westwood Village? No way. Then where? It's a surprise. Karen gave her a mysterious smile. Say, how's your mom doing? Anne-Marie asked. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. It took her a while after the divorce, I mean. I think she took it a lot more personally than Daddy. Divorce is pretty personal. (laughs) Anne-Marie cracked. You know what I mean. Anyway, it took her a while to get going again. I mean, she was like a zombie for months. She sat around playing her old Beatles records and cry. That's too bad, but she's better now? Yeah, a little. I think she went out on a date last week. Some guy who sells real estate in the valley. And your dad? Karen shrugged. He's definitely weirded out. Huh? He's driving a red Corvette for one thing, and he's blow-drying his hair. Weird. There's a lot of dialogue. Actually, (laughs) I don't see him that much. Of course, I never did. He bought me a car. A Mustang convertible. Do you believe it? It's natural dialogue. Um, (laughs) Is that good? Anne-Marie asked, not being sarcastic. Yeah, it's what you might call an awesome car. (laughs) (laughs) You might. I wouldn't. I don't drive. You don't drive? You're 17 and you don't drive? Karen looked positively shocked. No, I take the subway usually. It's a lot faster. The subway? Don't you get mugged and killed if you take the subway? (laughs) Not everyone. Anne-Marie said, staring past Karen as more suitcases began to magically appear on the conveyor belt. Anne-Marie has checked out of this conversation quickly. (laughs) Anne-Marie is a bitch. About 15 minutes later, they were out in the hazy sunshine looking for where Karen had parked the car. This is an awesome car, <laughs> Anne-Marie said, when they finally found it. I love the white leather seats. How do you keep them clean? Karen helped her loaded suitcase and bag into the trunk. Daddy got me a new wetsuit and new skis too, Karen said, sliding behind the wheel. The seat was hot against the back of her legs. He buys you a lot of presents, huh? Yeah, he's definitely trying to buy my love. <laughs> and you know what? It's working. <laughs> Both girls laughed as Karen backed out. It took a while, Dash, even for Karen, Dash, to get out of this vast airport. Then Karen headed the the car northwest alongside Lincoln Boulevard. The bright sun had burned away most of the haze and the air was getting warmer. Where are we going? Anne-Marie asked. Karen shook her head mysteriously. You'll see. They squealed to a stop because of some construction up ahead. Hey! Oh. Oh. Hey! (laughs) You. I've been doing all the talking. What's new with you? Did you have a good year? Anne-Marie looked away. Not really. Karen was more than a little surprised. Anne-Marie was flip and sarcastic, but she always had a lot of enthusiasm. How come? I don't know, it was sort of a wasted year, I guess. It's hard to explain. 
my high school is so big and well everyone's so immature I and has Clay I meant to write I broke up with Clay or maybe he broke up with me I'm not sure her normally pale face was bright crimson gee I'm sorry me too Anne-Marie said in a near whisper then she added wistfully maybe it isn't all over everything was sort of up in the air when I left Karen could see that Anne-Marie was really upset she and Clay had been going together for two years Karen had wondered what happened She probably would never find out. Anne-Marie seldom liked talking about herself. The girls had been friends since about the age of nine, growing up as neighbours in Westwood Village. When they'd started high school, the friendship had seen some hard times. In fact, Anne-Marie didn't speak to Karen for six months after Karen started to date a boy Anne-Marie was interested in. You're always making me jealous of you. Anne-Marie had said one day during an angry exchange, and Karen had never forgotten it. It seemed like such a sad, revealing thing to say. But then... Anne-Marie had moved with her family to New York and the friendship was revived through letters. The anger, the jealousy, the hurt feelings seemed to dissolve over the miles. Now Anne-Marie was back in LA for the first time since she'd moved and Karen was so happy to see her, she thought she might burst. The traffic started moving again. Good old Highway 1. Anne-Marie said, forcing a smile. Yeah, it's great to be back. It was nearly an hour later when they pulled up to the low, three-storey, grey-shingled apartment building. Here we are, Karen said, squeezing the Mustang into a narrow parking space. What do you think? Speedway? Anne-Marie asked, reading the street sign. Where are we? Venice. Karen started to roll the top up. Venice? You mean the place with all the weirdos and the roller skaters? (laughs) Karen grinned. Wait till you see the apartment. Whose apartment? Ours. Well, actually, my dad's. Karen locked up the car and walked around to open the trunk. Your dad and his apartment in Venice? I told you he's weirded out. He's even rented this apartment right across from the beach. He's having a second adolescence, I guess. I think he wants to bring back the 60s. I mean, he's got psychedelic posters on the walls. And you should see his girlfriend. Girlfriend? Anne-Marie looked positively appalled. Yeah, she looks almost old enough to be my younger sister. Wow. Karen laughed. You're not from California anymore, Anne-Marie. You're not allowed to say wow. Wow. Is your dad's girlfriend staying with us too? No, they're both gone. They went to some spa in the springs. The apartment is all ours until the weekend. Daddy won't be back until late on Saturday. Isn't this great? Our own apartment right across from the beach. Karen helped Anne-Marie lug her suitcase out of the trunk. Anne-Marie looked up uncertainly at the low grey building, which looked more like a motel than an apartment house. Your mom is always so strict. Anne-Marie said, carrying her bag and following Karen up the steps. I can't believe she's letting us stay here on her own, even for a few days. She doesn't know. Karen said, her blue eyes glowing. Huh? She thinks Daddy is here with us. I didn't tell her she was going away. It's our little secret. But Karen... Anne-Marie hung back. Do you really think this is such a good idea? Karen unlocked the door and pushed it open. She tossed Anne-Marie's bag in, then stood back to let her friend inside the apartment first. Of course it is. Karen said with a mischievous smile. What could happen? What could happen? End chapter one. Murder. Murder could happen. A party could happen. A murder party. Murder parties. Very common in 1990 Venice. Uh, I mean, like, that was the main thing that happened there. I'm intrigued. And roller skaters. Roller skaters and weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I want The, the characters are so well drawn. Um, I really like the, just the, the, the volume of adjectives. <laughs> yeah. Like, here, it's like, it's like the same as Babysitter's Club, where it's like her oval face, straight black yeah. hair. Like, shocking blue eyes. There's a lot of stuff. I like just to how toxic they are. They just insult each other's weight straight off the bat. Yeah, that's weird. Um, and like, Anne-Marie was as thin as ever. 
Well, that's okay then. Yeah, I mean, like, as long as she's not actually chobsy, it's fine. Yeah, that's fine. You can insult anybody's weight as long as you don't mean it, I guess. Yeah. It's fine, yeah. Okay, that's chapter one of R.L. Stein's Beach Party. Uh, We'll do chapter two some other time, probably, because we want to see where this goes. Yeah, I think that we should follow it through. Yeah, definitely. We will see this through to the end, no matter what happens. Nine pages, there's 166. Yeah, so 2019 sometime we'll finish it off. Probably. But, you know, stay tuned. Yeah, so that's a Juvenalia Minnesota. It'll be a real episode with someone that's not me and Alan next week. Until then, bye-bye.